Welcome back to Talks and... T- <laughs> Good start. Good start. You know. Welcome back to Talkin' Texas Forever, a Friday Night Lights podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. And we're discussing season five, episode six, Swerve, written by Ron Fitzgerald and directed by Jonas Pete. Original air date, December 8th, 2010. Swerve. Swerve. You know, the first time watching it, I didn't pick up on. on Tammy saying, did you really mean to swerve your car? I wouldn't have picked up on that unless you said it. So yeah takes a couple of times yeah if i feel that way with most of the titles it's like they're very you know yeah there was one oh my gosh i just i could remember it oh like hang on your laurel rest on your laurel laurels or something like that yeah Anyway, in this episode, Julie goes to great lengths to avoid taking responsibility for her recent actions, and Vince is reunited with an old acquaintance, hoping to collect a debt. Canard! Canard is back. Ugh. Yeah, I know. All right, well, before we get to him, let's start with Lion Talk. Coach is on the cover of a national high school football magazine with the headline, Eric Taylor, Kingmaker. Kingmaker. I'm sorry, what does this mean? It's weird, right? Molder of men that is works. what it should have said. I agree. Not kingmaker. Yeah. And of course, you know, he's not impressed. He's not one to boast. And he's more preoccupied with the fact that, oh, remember the team branded themselves last week? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what are they getting punished for? It was a funny gag, though, because Stan gets them all in the bleachers, the whole team to get a talking to. And when coach starts talking, they're all holding up the magazine. Yeah, that was cute. And even Jess is holding up the magazine as well. Yeah. It was cute. But because they, few of them branded themselves, he makes them run until they can't anymore. Okay. Something had to happen, right? Repercussions? Yes. Really? You don't think? What if parents found out? Do you think if this, I feel like this would have been a bigger deal if we had nothing else to talk about and parents would be like, oh, you let these kids go off on their own to a party and brand themselves? Right. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Uh, But earlier, we have a scene where Luke talks to Coach about TMU, and Coach pretty much has to tell him, like, hey, listen, TMU TMU does not want you. They're Mm. interested in Vince. Yeah, this was tough. And they went through you to get to Yeah, he told him all of that. Well, Luke said, do not sugarcoat it for me. So that's true. And coach is like, I'm sorry that I didn't catch on to this sooner. Otherwise, obviously, he wouldn't have wanted them to go there and go through with it. Yeah. Right. I guess maybe he could have been like, okay, Vince, you go. Don't you think coach, not don't you think, because I feel like it's pretty clear, coaches become more preoccupied with looking out for Vince Mm -hmm. than Luke. Yeah. And last season when Luke joined the team, coach said, like, if you stick with me, I will get you a scholarship. Right. I feel like we haven't really seen him work yeah, for Luke. He's prioritizing Vince. Yeah. And he is QB1. Right. So I get it. While we understand you should also have equal interest in all of your players, especially ones that are good enough to get a scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. So while coach says, I, you know, I let you down, I hope coach goes back on his word and says, I will yeah, still help you and you will get into a good school. And Luke is obviously upset and he talks to Vince about it. They're out on the bleachers and they're discussing plays with Hastings and Tinker's there. And it turns into this whole thing of like, wow, you stole my scholarship. Right. And Vince is like, are you kidding? I didn't. I I actually didn't. (laughs) And we get it, right? Because Luke is just upset and so he drinks and then he goes to the Riggins house, which... Billy is watching Tim's sizzle reel. This is weird. And he's crying while watching it when Luke uh, knocks on the door looking for Becky. But also <laughs> in the beginning of the episode, we see that Tim calls from jail and Billy picks up and he's like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Are you OK? Like, I've been making the payment. So I'm assuming on the land. Right. He says, "You're when you come back, that will still be yours. Yeah. So Tim is up. Ob- Obviously, either he's worried about the payments or he's notified that maybe there wasn't a payment. He's just worried. Yeah, and also Billy's going through it. And 
when I was listening to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, when they were talking about this episode, Derek said to the writers, like, can we work a Tim storyline in this to make it more believable? Because we haven't seen him. We understand he's filming the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, Taylor Kitsch. But Billy is going through it with the fact of that his brother took the blame for everything. Right. So can we have at least a phone call or just show right. him Right, and watching? he's missing and... We need to fill the void. Like, it would be unrealistic if we didn't talk about Tim right. all the time. Like, Tim Riggins is Friday Night Lights, you know? Well, yeah. A huge player. No, absolutely. And let's not forget that he took the blame for your stuff, Billy. Right. So, Billy would feel an immense amount of guilt yeah. all the time and wanted to talk to him all the time. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, Luke being drunk is looking for Becky. And Billy notices this and he's like, I'm not going to let you drive. So he brings him in. They hang out in the backyard, which I love this moment, but also we're giving him more alcohol. Right. I also noticed that. <laughs> Two steps forward, one step back. Right? Yeah. He's like my little Tim. Got to give you some scotch or whatever. Right? And so he tells Luke, you know, you lost your heart. When's the last time you played this game just for fun? Mm. And you need to let out a war cry. And so gets on top of the porcelain toilet that's randomly in the Reagan's backyard. Right? What what is that? As one does have and just screams. And then Luke is like, I'm gonna call TMU coach. So he calls him and then TMU coach. Yeah. What a random phrase. TMU coach. Well, he's drunk. So <laughs> let me give him a piece of my mind. Screams into the phone. Billy screams into the phone. That was very funny. It was really funny. It was very comical. Yeah. Uh, when we get to game day, which we'll talk about in a little bit, coach is late. And so Billy ends up giving a speech, leading the team off. And at first we're like, oh, great. Here's Billy. It's going to be like comical and no one's going to like really take anything he's saying seriously. But he gives a good speech in like a Billy way, right? Yeah, he did. I know. The coach was proud. He's he was a good speech. He was proud. And they do end up winning. And Luke plays a great game. And he gets to sign the football at Buddy's and put it in the showcase, which go Luke. Hmm. And then Billy tells Luke that uh, he's going to take him under his wing. So here we go. And like you brought up a good point, And I don't even know why I didn't think about this, but Luke was studying under Tim. Right. That was, you know, Tim was the one who created force. force. I know. <laughs> so there you go. And I was, I'm. it's sweet. I like. The Riggins taking in Becky and Luke, like yeah. the kids that need help the most. While, yeah, they might not have all the answers, they still have some answers. Yeah. You know, they've had some more life under them. Right. So it's very sweet to, to watch. Yeah. We have Becky shopping with Mindy, talking about boys, and Mindy brings up that cute farmer boy, Luke. <laughs> and yeah. Becky tells her it's complicated. And then we have a scene where Becky goes to work with Mindy, watches Stevie while Mindy's at the landing strip. And mm. Mindy drops like a wad of cash after her dance. I don't know what you've ever shipped. I can't imagine. It looked like a lot of singles, but I can't imagine it was a lot of singles, you know? Regardless, she dropped a wad. Right. A and large it amount. was very appetizing to Becky. You clocked her eyes. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, yeah. maybe I should do this. Mm, maybe. We'll see. But then after the game, we're at Buddy celebrating and Mindy brings up Luke again and then pretty much shoots down the idea of anything with Tim Riggins and Becky. Like, I love you this. need to let it go. She was a straight shooter. Yeah. She was telling Becky what's up. The thing that nobody else could apparently apparently could tell Becky. I know, right? Mindy said it. And I was yeah. so happy that they had this moment when she's like, girl, you need trust me when I tell you Tim's never going to be with you nor he's going to be with anyone else he ever batted his eyes at like that's just Tim it's not going to happen and so she grabs Luke and she's like I don't know what's happening here y'all are hot y'all need to fuck <laughs> and there you go awkward awkward but we Ooh. loved it I love when she's like just use protection mommy talk I loved it it was cute yeah Julia's home what a mess what a mess. what a mess and, of course, you know, Tammy and Eric, they just think she's home for the weekend doing laundry. So she goes to say goodbye. And she makes the decision to crash her car into a mailbox. Full of bricks. Full of bricks. A mailbox made out of bricks. 
And as uh, Mike said in the chat, no mortar. It just seems like a no, pile of just bricks. No, it's a pile of bricks that just fell apart. Didn't really, I mean, it didn't look like it damaged her car as much as it should have. Yeah, and she tells Eric and Tammy that, oh, a dog ran out in the street. And they're like, it's okay. This is the best kind of accident. Like, everybody's okay. Yeah. I will drive you back to school. And she's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Please she's don't. like, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. And Eric decides that he's just going to pay for the car and pay for the damage. When Tammy tries to talk to Julie about anything that has to do with college, like, what's going on? How is your studies? Boys. And she ends up telling Tammy, what do you think about this? Her coming out and saying it. I was happy she got it off her chest. And Tammy was trying to be as as non-partial as she was ever going to be listening to her child when her child says please don't get mad when i tell you this and tammy's like okay mm-hmm. she's like mm-hmm. she's like i'm like waiting for you to tell me like get like you're pregnant like that's like the worst of it right at, yeah. at this age in college your first semester so like she obviously didn't know what she was gonna say and so she was trying to stay calm and cool and collected and i thought she handled it really well and i'm happy that julie got it out and i hope well, we'll continue with the conversation about how the parents reacted <laughs> to this. Okay, so obviously Tammy tells Eric. Mm-hmm. And well, at first he wants to kill him. He wants to kill which him. Which was the right energy. Sure. <laughs> Tammy's like, Julie needs us right now. Yes. She went through this awful situation. I so was at first so happy. they're like, I was like, okay. They're reeling it in. I'm liking the way we're handling it. Like we're going to give Julie some time to breathe. And then that's when Eric decides, I'm going to pay for your car. And then you're going to go back to school. Right, you're going back to school regardless. Like end of discussion. And Julie's like, I literally cannot do that though. I mean, she tells them okay. But inside she's like, I cannot move. I cannot move my feet to go into the car to get into, to go to school. Like she cannot do it. Right. And she has this conversation with Tammy about her decisions of like, maybe I rushed into this. Maybe I can go to community college. Maybe right. I need to travel Europe, which is like such a a naive thing to say when you're 18, which I'm sure set her off like, oh, no, 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 you're not running from your decisions and your responsibilities. Right. I understand why Tammy was trying to talk her off the ledge, but also you need to realize that your your kid literally has so much fear and anxiety and in her. So you got to go with that first. Like you need to to help your kid first and then be like, okay, well, let's talk about you not going back or let's talk about me going to community. Like, we need to cool it off first. Yeah. And make sure that you're okay and, like, what do we do now? Like, in a sound mind of ready to go back. And so... She can't just go back. She can't just go back. And so the car gets fixed. And Eric, like... like, Bye-bye. Drags her. Like, literally is trying to push her out the door physically. And then Tammy screams, Eric, Eric, like, let her go. It's so scary because... He's thinking, like, I don't know who this girl is. She slept with someone's husband. Yeah. She needs, like, a beating. You know, I wish they weren't going to hit her. I know. The phrasing was not good. It wasn't great. I understand, however, to hear that your kid made this very big mistake, however, takes two to tango. And as we know, the viewers, and then, not to mention, she was assaulted. She was assaulted. It's not that I slept with my teacher. He was married. End of discussion. No, the wife actually came and embarrassed and assaulted me in front of everyone at my dorm. Like, I cannot walk in that dorm without anyone saying like, oh, my God, that's Julie Taylor. She's right. the supposed slut that slept with the TA. But like, they're going to go on and on for, you know, until they're forgetting whatever else happens in the next party. Someone's going to do some stupid shit. But she is so frozen in her fear like she cannot go and i hearing that come out of your child whether she made a mistake or not you need to deal with that first you need to talk to her about why it's so scary to go back listen to me i cannot physically walk back into this dorm because i'm going to be embarrassed it's trauma. as all hell it's trauma so much trauma we need to heal from that right. and i understand taking accountability I also don't understand of if she decided to go to a community college. Right. Is Listen, I'm not a parent, so maybe that's me being naive and being like, oh, you're just giving in to your kid and letting them control the narrative. But also I feel like that's selfish. It is selfish. And again, she's a freshman. 
what we've been there for what two weeks three and weeks she said oh we're studying for midterms I know, that I'm was like, midterms already that was weird because i feel like we were well, like well midterms really i don't already i don't know like the semester is shorter than you think right like it's september it's to like december that is true so maybe yeah we were first week in October, right? Something. I don't know. Even still, even if we it's, transferred, it's, it's still okay. It's still okay. It's still okay. And I get they don't want her to give up on this dream, but it's like, it wasn't like this was her like dream school, dream opportunity. Like yeah. she wanted to, she wanted to do Habitat for Humanity. She doesn't know who she is. Right. And that's okay. Right. She'll figure it out one day, but she needs to go through the steps of figuring it out and well, I understand a lot of kids, maybe first semester they come home because they're like, I actually do not I know. want to do this. Yeah. Um, it happens a lot. I mean, it happened to, you know, a bunch of people I know. They decide mm-hmm. to come home and go to a community school or go to a school that's just locally stay home. And then maybe they decide to go back and transfer. Yep. They don't know. How could you possibly know at 18 years old? So I felt like I did not like the way they handled the going back. They should have had a serious discussion with her. She's she's hurting. Like and they started so off good, and then yeah. we just like really we're not yeah, processing. It started and, good, and Tammy, who's a guidance counselor, yeah, we're not knocking their parenting. It's just weird, and the way Eric reacted didn't surprise me. Yeah, he's a much more hot headed. Yeah, yeah, and then after the game, which coach is late to because of all this situation, but as he should be, as he, he should deal be, with your child, as he should be, which was good. I'm glad he was late for the game because even Tammy's like, you got to get to the game. But after the game, he comes home. Tammy's asleep on the couch. Gracie Bell's in bed. He sits, you know, next to Gracie Bell, and Julie walks in and she says, "I didn't mean to disappoint you." Right, like those are the words. You know it. You know it. She's not a bad kid. She's not a bad kid. He's like, I don't recognize her. I'm like, you've we've heard this before. We've heard it. We've yeah. heard this before from you, Coach. Like, you yeah. need to understand your child is developing into the person she will be for the rest of her life. She's allowed to make mistakes. She does think you've She's made 18. plenty. Right, eighteen and. Is she harming someone else? I mean, yes, because this person was married. However, that's on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you need to listen to what your child is saying. Yes, he's an, he's an adult. This is the one you should be mad at. We keep saying this. While she made a mistake, it was a mistake, and that was it. She doesn't need to be embarrassed any further. He's no. the one who should be embarrassed. I agree. And maybe we could have had a family meeting of like, okay, well, if you have to go back, let's get you transferred out. Right, let's like, see we'll if we protect could you. Let, yeah, let, like, let's handle this situation where you're comfortable. I understand you have to take responsibility. We do want you to pay me back for the car. But let's let's get you therapy. I don't know. There, you're absolutely so right. Many conversations we we should have had. had a conversation where they said, what can we do further now to help you be right. able to go back to this school? Yeah. And if you truly feel like you cannot, then that's another discussion. I agree. But they did it. I don't. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Kennard's back. Yeah. Like you knew. He needs his $5,000 and he tells Vince that he has two days to come up with the money. So obviously Vince doesn't have it. And Jess suggests, why don't you go to coach? Why don't you go to the police? Like we need to talk to someone. And, and Vince keeps saying, we can't do that. We can't. We definitely can't go to the cops because then we got to tell him about Calvin and then I'm involved. Like that's a definite no. Yeah. While Jess is at work, she's throwing out the garbage and Kennard approaches her. He assaults her too. Yeah. <laughs> and threatens her and says, if I don't get my money, you know, this place would burn nicely. Yeah. Well, lots of gasoline, lot, lots of gasoline. It would go up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so Jess goes back and she tells Vince about Kennard. And of course he's seeing fire steam coming out which i don't blame him because his girl was just assaulted and we're dealing with this guy again and so now jess is like we really need to go to the cops and vince is like no i'll take care of it just lock the doors and so we see vince show up to coach's house and so we think we're he's gonna go talk to coach but he actually ends up going to his dad yeah he turns around and because his dad, like I said last week, his dad understands. His yeah. dad apparently is the big man on campus here. So right. I think that was a smart move. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely the quickest thing move to do. Absolutely. Right. And so Ornette has Kennard meet him outside the Lions game, which like, why did we do this outside the bleachers? But whatever. 
I feel like couldn't the cops and now I I'm ignorant to this, but couldn't mm-hmm. the cops have made like a deal with Vince? If you tell me where Kennard is, you're like essentially free of some sort of punishment, you know, because Kennard is the is like the ringleader of it. You know, he, Vince is underage. I bet as a young black man, that probably wouldn't work. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely know. right. I don't know. And also, I think there's so much baggage behind it of what Vince did. Vince was also on parole, probation, right? Yeah. And that's how, like, being on the football team. Right. Like, that was his last shot. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so scary that he has no way of getting out of it. Right. And so, Ornette but. essentially beats the shit out of Kennard, takes his gun, and says, if you ever mess with me or mine, like, I'll end you. Can you confirm if Kennard's on the island? He's on the island. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, while you could still have his other guys maybe come after Vince. Yeah, and I'm not saying like Ornette's story is so, like, we just love him now. Oh, he no, had no, a great no. episode. He did. But, but I don't I don't trust it. You know, I know there's still more to come. Yeah. Um, I just was happy. I'm just, I'm over that. We can deal with family drama. I don't want to deal with, like, the kid being in danger. Yeah. And so after the game, they're all celebrating and they're having dinner. We have the Merryweathers and the Howards oh, and they're eating this. pie and Ornette is all happy. He's like on his third piece and Vince comes in after the game and he's like, dad, like pop. I think he calls him pop. Like pop, we gotta, we gotta talk about the situation. He's like, no, I got it handled. It's done. No it's more all, situation. It's all good. You go just play your football. You good. That's all you have to focus on. It's crazy. It's great. And we have a great family scene and Caleb, little Caleb asks... Or net what jail is like. And I was happy that he spoke yeah. very candidly about it. He did. Didn't like sugarcoat it. I hope it's you wouldn't you sugarcoat n- right. your time in jail. I would hope not. But like to scare the kid, be like, no, you need to stay on the right side of the track. Don't end yeah. up like me. And also I was super sad and you can't see your loved ones. Right. It was also a good way for him to kind of explain to his f- wife and son. Like I was miserable don't think it was mm-hmm. now i'm sure they didn't think it was this like excellent experience for him but like he knew he was in there because he needed to be in there yeah, yeah. and it, while it killed him he had a lot of reflection yeah well that's our summary oh baby Ooh, baby. that was short that felt like i mean i guess not a ton of things well we're, we'll happened. get into more with our questions and comments and yeah. we have our patron will Joining us, he's the one who does football poetry corner every single yes. week since the beginning of time. So this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so excited, so excited. Stay tuned. Hope you're loving this week's episode of Talking Texas Forever. Tim Riggins fans unite. (laughs) Yes, girl. However, we are here to tell you about our sister podcast, We Are Liars, a Pretty Little Liars podcast, the newest addition to the Total Betty clan. I'm Liz, an OG veteran of this wild show, and I watched it week to week back in 2010, and now I'm torturing my bestie (laughs) by dissecting each and every episode of this show in all of its glory. Yes. I'm Michelle, the newbie, and I know absolutely nothing about BLL, but I'm already starting to see what makes this show different from all our other teen drama shows. I know. There's like red coats and do-rags and drownings and oh, so many Liz, memories. stop. <laughs> this podcast is spoiler free. I know, but the listeners love to hear your predictions. Listen every Wednesday as we talk at nauseum about Pretty Little Liars. We do not keep our secrets nor hold our tongues on the insanity, cringe, and altogether mess this beloved TV show holds. Welcome back from break. We have Will with us. Will, football poetry corner, Will. The one and only. From Japan right now. Hi, Will. Hey, ladies. It's uh, 9.30 here, so uh, uh, good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Yeah, and hopefully when people listen, it's also morning. So this is perfect. Yeah. There we go. Good morning. Yeah. How are you? I'm so good. Uh, I've been here for a year. I'm ready to go home. I miss good Mexican food. I miss my dogs. <laughs> uh, and Aww. I have a, a new job in the U.S. near my hometown. So 
I'll be teaching English and English lit, and then I'll be coaching basketball. So starting late August, I'll be super, super busy until June. So this is kind of my last hurrah before I have to put my nose to the grindstone. Wow. Well, we're honored that you came on. I know. I'm so (laughs) glad. And I'm so glad you got to be with us. I miss you guys. Dude. We miss you. It's been a year. It's been at least a year since we were on a podcast together. So I know. Yeah. I know. And also, but you... That being said, like you're so consistent with sending your Wolves football poetry corner every week. So truly, like, thank you so much. Amazing. I mean, I started what? I started Total Betty. This is three years since I started Total Betty because it was 2020 pandemic summer. I started listening to three gossip girls. You were like just finishing the OC. So I hopped on the last, I think the very last like main OC episode, the parents episode. That was yours. Yeah. And yep. then, uh, and then I've been waiting for Friday Night Lights, and I think I've won it like twice. And you guys have very understandably been like, "Yeah, we can't move our schedule. We're busy too." And I'm like, "Well, crap!" So finally, I found a day off, and I can do it. And Aww. I'm so excited. We're so, so excited. So excited. So excited. So, Will, yeah. we're on our last mm. season. Here we are. Are you liking season five of yeah. Friday Night Lights? I love season five. Uh, you know, besides Julie, which I feel like they're kind of pulling a Jenny from Gossip Girl here where they're just underwriting her character. They're using all the cliches or like Chuck season four Gossip Girl or like Seth season four OC where it's just like they're kind of mailing it in on one character and it's super obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's great though. Love Luke. Love Vince, especially Vince's dad this episode. Like, I was just waiting for him to get into business with Kennard and he ended up, you know, defending his son. And that, mm-hmm. I think that's like something that I just, uh, is something that's really redeeming about this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you sent over one question. You sent over a bunch of thoughts for this episode that you wanted to discuss, but did you want to go into that particular question first or did you have any other questions to discuss beforehand? Yeah. So uh, I guess, yeah, I'll go into that question first. So, I think my question was that I felt the whole kingmaker aspect was just totally underutilized. And the kids put up the newspaper at the beginning and the football stands. But other than that, there's like no real function or even mention of kingmaker in the last two thirds of the episode. So I'm wondering if you guys would pick that up or like what you think about that. Yeah, I thought that was quite random. And the, the term kingmaker also robbed me the wrong way i was like why that out of all other things we could call coach and then for them to not really talk about it and i'm sure we're probably never gonna talk about it ever again if if i had to assume yeah like to me he's just the molder of men which we have said molder of men that would have been but kingmaker that kind of threw me too it just doesn't sound good like either either you're rich and you can like make things happen for people Mm. or you're like the man and like I don't know I feel like that's just not coach Taylor's like mo or his vibe at all right yeah and I don't think he chose that obviously because he wants nothing to do with that article so I think he probably felt kind of weird by that term too yeah also if if I were the if I were the football players I would be scared shitless if we were all like okay okay we're all gonna hold up newspapers and totally kind of like you know it's kind of a joke like, you know, Coach Taylor, you know that, like, he's going to make their dreams come true and make them run till they puke, basically. <laughs> so why are you like, it's like, it's like you're poking the bear. Yeah. Yeah. I poke the bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta have fun, so, I guess. I, you know, I feel like everyone on the Total Betty Patreon network, we all have our stands for each of the shows that we have. And my stand is Buddy Garrity. Uh, he is my favorite character every single season, even when he's a deplorable asshole, even when he's screwing up Coach Taylor's things, even when he's a bad husband. There's something about the man. He's like kind of that like he has that fatal flaw. He has that like uh, um, uh, Achilles heel, but it makes him so endearing. I love him. I wanted to know. Looking back on the five seasons, I know some <laughs> like both of you have been kind of up and down on Buddy. But, like, I want you, for my own pleasure, to make the case for Buddy Garrity as, like, a really great character on Friday Night Lights. Like, what things can you pull from his character that make him really good for the show? 
Well, I mean, I think Liz needs to marinate on what you just dropped. That was, this is going to be difficult. <laughs> but like, I, I enjoy Buddy. Like, I, I think he is a pivotal part of Friday Night Lights, and I enjoy his character. Of course, he's made some choice decisions that I didn't necessarily yeah. agree with, but he makes me laugh, and mm-hmm. I think he's trying his best, and I love when he le- left the Panthers to become a lion. So I highly enjoy Buddy, but Lissy. It's not that I don't enjoy <laughs> Buddy. I do. I don't think he'll ever be my favorite character like yours will (laughs) i do enjoy in the latter seasons when he is on it is more comical kind of like billy Mm -hmm. you know like a you when you watch you're like oh buddy's gonna get into some shit like you know not to take it seriously and i do Mm -hmm. like that he is now having a relationship with his one child at least and um, I, I yeah, I like that he decided to be leave the Panthers after all those years and follow coach. And, you know, he's a businessman at heart. That's really how he's and that and fo- it's really all it comes down to is he loves football. <laughs> it's football for life. He's never going to see anything but football. Yeah. If that's and his, this that's his about flaw. Football. He's the number. Yeah. He's the number one person who loves football in a show about football. Absolutely. It's like, he's almost like. He's almost like the Julie Cooper of Friday Night Lights. Like yeah. Julie Cooper is the one who loves the OC lifestyle mm. more than anybody. You're right. And Buddy loves the Friday Night Lights lifestyle more than anybody. Absolutely. And Blair loves the Gossip Girl lifestyle yes. more than anybody. And so those are the characters that are like really like magnetic. Mm. And they also are the ones who have like some of the biggest arcs in the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of speaks to kind of the importance of Buddy in a show where Coach Taylor, Matt Saraston, Lila obviously Riggins they're all like the main pieces but for some reason Buddy is the one that always sticks with me in the show and you know he's got that voodoo working working. (laughs) you know what I was thinking while you were saying that too I'm like I feel as though that is Dan Scott with one with Tree Hill like he is made to be in Tree Hill 100% exactly yeah yeah that's a great question Will I love okay. watching Liz's face. I just wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. I was, I I was, was just a little surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was very surprised. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Any other questions, Will? Yeah. Uh, I guess another question I have is when you're looking back on, let's just say season two. Season two was the second season of West Dillon. And this is the second season of East Dillon. Do you see mm. any parallels or like major differences between how they set up season two and how they set up season five? Mm. That's a great question. Right. I, well, well, I feel like season one and season four were very yeah. parallel. Yeah. Season two, mm-hmm. that, you know, the wacky one. Yeah, the writer strike season. Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like their parallels too yeah what do you think well um i think season two is like i think they were trying to put some like new flavor they put some new players in the mix but mm-hmm. the new players were like integral well as like hastings is not integral to what's going on yeah uh like uh um like some other players were uh, especially the guy that buddy took in what's his oh name? santiago i love santiago i loved him so, like yeah, I think Santiago was a much bigger role, and Hastings is just like <laughs> kind of these like half hippie, half just dumb boyish like one-liners. That's all he's good for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think that he has any depth to the show at all. Nothing. Um, and but you know the one character who's very season two is Julie. Yeah, Julie is like with the, the same. Sweet, she's right up season two's alley. Yeah, and so I think that there's something about that that like. That's what made me think of the question is that Julie is so similar and it's the second year and, but like, I think everything else is different. Um, I mean, they won the state championship in the first season and they're undefeated right now. Yeah. true. Um, and they sucked last year. So that's a little bit of a difference too, is that they're on the come up, not kind of the slow um, descent into, right. you know, coach Taylor ultimately. And I mean, coach Taylor left the team. Yeah. 
uh, and came back in the beginning of season two. So there's a lot of differences. I was just mainly thinking about Julie mm. and then the Hastings uh, Santiago character. Yeah, oh. I feel like Julie, she's equally as messy. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. she um, is not so attitude She was very like defiant about her choices in season two, be- obviously because we know Gracie Bell was coming into the picture yeah. and her dad was gone. Like those factors played a huge part into her attitude, which was very understandable. Yeah. This time around, it's more internal with her. She like she knows she fucked up, and this whole entire yeah. situation is so messed up. Yeah. And yeah. how did you feel about the way her parents handled it? Because Michelle and I have Yeah, I would a love lot of Yeah, let's issues. talk let's go into <laughs> talking about this episode. I'm dying we're both dying to hear how you felt about that. And most everybody who wrote into us had some choice words mm. about the parents' reaction. Yeah, so I I actually thought Tammy was so reserved where she usually steps up and she says, what the hell are you doing, Julie? This is not how either, she uses either like, this is not how a woman acts, or this is not how we act in our family, or this is not how I raise you to be. And she seemed very kind of like second to Coach Taylor in this one, where sometimes she tells Coach to step back and she'll handle it, or her rage just bubbles up to the surface far past coaches. But I think Coach was the one who, I feel like, that the most important moment of this episode in relation to Julie is that very last shot where he's looking at Gracie Bell. And I'm thinking in my head, he's wondering if Gracie Bell is going to do the same stuff that Mm -hmm. Julie's doing right Right, now. Like if this is where she's headed for. Mm. And I think in that sense, it's both he's looking back on his parenting and he's saying, how would I react if I had a second chance at dealing with this Mm. situation right now? which means I think he's being really self-reflective. So even if he's being a little loud, a little brash, um, I do think that he has her best interests at heart because even though he's mad at her at first, his next thought is like, well, someone hurt my baby. Someone hurt my daughter. I have to go you know, do something to him. And even though that's not a super healthy impulse, it, he truly cares about Julie. And of all the parents in the show, there's a lot of parents who don't give a shit about their kid or just don't have any parenting skills, even if they love their kid. And I don't know. I feel like I don't give Coach Taylor and Tammy that much grief for their parenting Mm. because they do so much parenting as opposed Mm. to so many other parents who don't do the work. I mean, really, the only parent who I think is up to their level and probably even maybe a little bit better is um smashes mom yeah that's about yeah, it yeah corinna so definitely she's yeah corinna probably up right up there with them yeah in parenting so what did the patrons say about the their parenting episode? well we had kate write in and rihanna who kind of felt the same way we did of almost like they should have handled the situation differently we feel that mm. as though in the beginning they were more uh, compassionate yeah understood her. it a little bit and then as it went on right not yeah so much not so much <laughs> of like trying just trying to force her back like instead of having the conversation of like yes you have to own up to what you did but let's have a discussion about maybe we can make this experience better maybe we can transfer mm. you out of this class maybe we can transfer you out of the dorm, dorm. yeah and and just the fact of like hey Yes, Julie, you slept with someone's husband and also his wife assaulted. Right. So not cool. Right. I don't yeah. it's like she said those things to Tammy, right? Like I slept with a married man, but his wife came and slapped me. And it's almost like they don't even hear that part. Right. right. It's just yeah. you slept with a married man. Yeah. And at first it seemed like they were going in the right direction. And then towards the end when they were forcing her to go back to school with, with not really thinking about actually what truly happened. Right. Right. You know, here's, here's the one thing I think about that is uh, I think there's a level to which you can look at each individual action somebody does and you're trying to like have them do better. Or you're trying to parent them. And there's some things where like, you have to intervene. You have to say, hey, like, you're not in the wrong. You did something bad, but they shouldn't have done that. Mm. But I think that slap of Julie was not 
just a physical slap, but also like a metaphorical slap. Mm. Like she needed to wake up mm-hmm. and smell the roses and like, you're not a kid anymore. You're an adult. Your consequences have actions. You need to, even if obviously the slap is not warranted, you don't deserve a slap. Even if you slept with her husband, that's not something you deserve. But it's almost like maybe at some point she needed to get metaphorically slapped, not physically slapped, like metaphorically shook into a space of like, like grow up, grow up, Julie, and stop being coddled and figure it out. And so, you know, I think that there's something to where maybe the parents realize that even though the physical act was not okay, that like the lesson she'll derive from it and like just the wake up call might be worth like not validating saying like you're totally in the right like maybe she needed to be like oh shit like just like sit in it without Mm -hmm. any validation like either way yeah right yeah a lot of our listeners also wanted to know have you ever done anything extreme to avoid having to do something you didn't want to do (laughs) i mean i've never crashed a car just to get out of something but (laughs) you know uh I have to say, like, I'm a pretty straight on it, like straightforward, honest person, especially with people I know. But uh, if I don't like someone and I had someone who like really, really wanted me to do something for them uh, and it was like do this big favor and like fly out somewhere. And I had I just did like a little lie, like, ah, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't I can't do it because of this thing. And then it turned out to be some elaborate thing where Mm -hmm. they're. They're like checking the facts with a friend who I said I was with and it was a whole thing. So I like spun a web of lies over multiple weeks and the person called me out on it. And basically I was like, yeah, you were acting like a total ass. I didn't want to do something for you. So I made all these elaborate lies and then we didn't talk for like six months. So that's probably the biggest thing I've done to avoid something. Wow. Uh, But otherwise, like, I don't think I've, I'm pretty like I like myself enough to not like crash a car. Right. I think. Right. It's not saying she doesn't like herself, but like I just feel like I don't want to do like something like destructive. I'm not a very like destructive personality in that way. Yeah, same. To do something yeah, and she really so. didn't think that through. No. You know, she looked at it and was she like did. Okay, okay, here we go. Because she didn't know what else to do because she was petrified. Yeah. It was very melodramatic though. That's like that's like a daytime special like what is <laughs> what is jenny doing like you need to talk to jenny she just or like uh seventh heaven like yeah, there's that guy on instagram so seventh heaven. there's a guy on instagram reels who like just like recaps the insanity of seventh heaven like plot lines it's so yeah. funny. i feel like that's like he could do an episode or like a little short video just on this like yeah. julie plot line yeah absolutely yeah uh, Rihanna wants to know why would TMU not want Luke this year and have Vince next year? Right. Uh, two words. Two words. White running back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, there's there's a limited amount of scholarships, and the percentage of running backs that are white that that start on D1 teams, uh, especially in Texas, I mean, it's like one percent, two percent, and it's just like Vince has the athletic capability. And he's shown that he could be consistent over a year and a mm. half after not playing football for a while. And I feel like programs, especially Luke and Luke and Vince are not like Smash Williams. They're not like they're probably top 500 prospects, but they're not top 100. They don't have 15 offers already. Now, Vince got a couple offers here, but like when you're kind of going lower on the list of prospects, you're looking for athletic potential. And Luke is tough, but he's, I don't think he's shown to even be as, as athletic as Riggins, who was getting some looks. Mm, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're not getting as much kind of like shine, and if you're only getting kind of approached by one school, that means that like, you're obviously a great football player, but you are not like worthy of, um, you know, going ahead of someone like Vince, who just has all the athletic tools, even though. Michael B. Jordan is really short and they don't talk about how short of a quarterback Vince is. Like mm-hmm. that's not in the discussion, but like, that's a really big thing. Yeah. That mm. he's such a short quarterback. We haven't talked about that as a storyline. You'd think that that would be mentioned. Right. At some and point. it's funny because they told right. smash that he was too short. That's right. Right. Yeah. Too as small. a running back, which there's yeah. running backs in the NFL that are five foot six. Yeah. So I right. understand. 
Interesting. Short. Yeah. Uh, Lisa says, what are the chances Becky decides to start stripping? Now, Lisa's a newbie. <laughs> that would be classic. Tim gets out of jail, goes to the landing strip, and bam, there's Becky on the stage. So true, Lisa. What so would Becky's true. stripper name be? That's my first question. I don't. I don't even oh want to know. To be gosh. honest, it'd be something. It'd be something like Curly. Or Curly. Curly Q. Yeah, Curly Q. Or something with like pageant. Q. Or pageant. Susie Q is cute. Mm. I love that movie. Susie mm. Q. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the song Susie Q. Susie yes. Q. Love it. Yes. Vic wants yeah. to know: Have you ever done a war cry? Oh yeah. So actually, I have a funny story. So. Me and my friends, uh, like in November, we went to this beach cleanup in a small coastal town in Japan. And it's like, there was like an impromptu skateboarding like exhibition and all the kids came out on the skateboards and there's like these little like self-made ramps and stuff. And it's like a local community event. And one of the things is I live in a place where there's this huge uh, mountain range that's like really close to the sea. And so we all, uh, you know, you all go to the mountain range and you can see it from the sea. And so uh, we're looking up at the mountain and they suddenly start like the MC of the event starts calling people to yell to the mountain and do like a war yell to the mountain. And you're supposed to like call, like call the gods forth from the mountain to help you or whatever. Wow. And uh, I won the best yell. <laughs> of course. And I won like a North Face t-shirt for it. Nice. So I've been told that I'm a pretty good worker. Hey, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, I've definitely yelled out of frustration. Absolutely. And like yeah. yelled in unison, mm-hmm. but never won anything for it. No, same. That's that's pretty well, great. It's one of my it's like a very specific skill that I can't use in any other forum, but it's the one time I needed it. That sounds like a a, a studio there. Ghibli movie yes. where you just are going to yell to the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty great. Uh Mike has yeah, Mike has some questions for you. Who do you ship okay. more, Julie and Derek or Dan and Miss Carr? Oh, oh, da- oh, come on now, Mike. Are you, are you was new? he here for Three Gossip Yeah, Girls? he was here. I think he's being a little trolly. <laughs> Dan and Miss Carr, that's one of the hottest, uh, I mean, uh, with the caveat that it's an 18-year-old student, legal, and a teacher, which is still creepy, but like that's hot. And she was it, also it was like really super young. young. She's so young. She was like fresh and out Ms. of school. Carr, she was so my cute. Type. Yeah, she's hot. Like this car is my type, so <laughs> she can get it. She that can was get a it. Tough one. Uh, do you think Maureen would fit in in Dylan? Do you think she was a rally girl in high school? <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? She could. She she should be married to uh, Joe McCoy. She's oh, Joe McCoy's she, second wife. Yeah, and she's like an oil be. baron. And Joe McCoy's like using her influence to buy JD's way into like some like elite camp or or like some some big like big time school yeah i love it yes that's happening in a heartbeat yeah if total betty podcast network had hazing for new members what would it be and why is the answer to watch clueless and then he sent an email no it's really river pod (laughs) yeah watch riverdale listen to river pod that's so i never did river pod like you're I missing think, out. Just you know what I think that I think the hazing is is that oh, Mike's geez. a troll to That's you? Tough. Is that the hazing? Think, yeah, Mike's Mike's, Mike's your a troll. troll to you. <laughs> or you know what? I love I love when you did the tish like T T T T T T T T T sound. Like but like I can handle maybe five or six seconds of it, but if you put that on loop for hours and hours like Michelle and I would lose it Michelle and I don't like repetitive noises like that yeah no okay I love that that's the sound too long too long that's hysterical also what a throwback if you know you know please let us know if you're listening and you know that let us know because that's fun let us know I'm a total baby historian so I have to keep it keep the facts alive thank you that's we right. For sure, hell won't remember them. <laughs> no, I don't remember shit, and you all know that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for your questions. Let's go into quotes. Will, did you have a favorite quote from this episode? I have three. I have three quotes, so hopefully, I don't step on them. Is yeah, okay? go ahead. Okay, first quote. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to do my first quote because I think that you guys are going to do it. Okay. Um, it's a quote from Jess, but I'll do two Billy quotes. Okay. Yeah, I took a dump in your mailbox once. <laughs> 
that was improv. Then, uh, then uh, that's a war cry, mofo. Yeah, I also had that's a war cry, mofo. And then live the dream. Uh, yeah. I had rhinestones make me look trashy, <laughs> Mindy. <laughs> She's a level. They make everyone look trashy, you know? Just that, uh, try not to trip over your ego when you're running. I love that. Oh, that, that was so too. good. So good. Oh. Yeah. I loved it okay. so much. Uh, did you have a favorite coaching moment? Favorite coaching moment. Um, you know what? I think that there's something. So I just did a bunch of training for like being a coach so, like you have to get certified to be a coach before you can coach kids in Oregon and uh or at least on the high school level and they say not to use conditioning as like a punishment um but I don't think you should do it every time but like I think that there's something I think coach hits the right buttons when it comes to like when to push his team and when to like tell them to shape up and so I think the best coaching moment is knowing when to celebrate and knowing when to push like they just had this great game and they stayed at a nice hotel it was a pool party pretty luxurious for a friday night football game Mm -hmm. and so i like that he's kind of bringing them back to earth by telling them to run Mm -hmm. yeah i love that yeah what'd you have i had tammy actually trying to keep coach cool when he was freaking out she's like well let's just talk about this for a second i love that so i thought she handled him well I actually chose Billy with Luke hmm. and oh, yeah. taking him That's under his wing one. and the mofo uh, war cry <laughs> and telling him you got to find the joy again and play with your heart. I really love that. Or how about Mindy telling Becky to I get know. on that saddle in life? <laughs> She's we love our blunt. We love our Riggins parenting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, MVP and shittiest. Who's your MVP for this episode, Will? Okay, MVP is Billy. He really showed some dad skills and he had killer quotes all episode. Lou Ribbon to Vince's dad. He's turning it around. Nice. Yeah. I was a toss up between Tammy and Billy. Nice. So Tilly. Yeah, I love oh, Tilly's cute. <laughs> it was cute. I chose Billy. We had Billy Mindy across the board and we had Billy just by himself. Shittiest. Well, who's your shittiest? Uh, you know, sometimes, as you know, when I write in MVP shittiest, I kind of get on these streaks yeah. where I just a character so insufferable that I do them every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Julie again yeah. because she's being really destructive, pushing her parents to their limits of like what they can actually do to help her. Uh, and she needs to move on the path towards adulthood. But the number one thing she says is, I want to escape to Europe like mm-hmm. she's Chuck Bass or something. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. Honey, um, your mom just lost a hundred thousand or eighty thousand dollar job, and now she took a huge pay cut. Yep. Your father is a high school football coach. I'm not sure that they have a prog in the budget. That's <laughs> true. It's so. This true. is true. Yeah, she clearly wasn't thinking with a rational no. mind. She just was like, "I need to get wherever is not here." Yeah. yeah. It was so naive yeah. to think that yes, way, but I, I can understand it. Mm-hmm. Who'd you pick? I can understand it, but I'm done. Yeah. I picked Canard. That That's was who I chose cop to. out, honestly. Yeah. I don't view Julie as being shitty. I don't agree with her actions, yeah, but I, I'm really feeling for her, so I just couldn't give her the shitty mm. Yeah. Well, title. I don't enjoy this whatsoever. No. no, it's... I still... I'm like, well, it's yeah. not really... I feel like it's kind of like, you know, there's some shittiest where it's like there's an inciting incident Yeah. that's shitty. But I feel like this is like a fallout shittiest. Like we're still seeing like the kind of like reverb of the mm. shittiest. Mm. And I just can't get over the reverb. I'm still hearing it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I agree with you. Like I am compassionate towards her trying to figure it out and trying to, you know, being lost. Everyone's lost. I've been lost before. But like there's a certain self-destructiveness and also like a disregard for like not wanting to hear her parents. At the very end of the episode, she goes, I'm basically, I'm sorry for being so shitty mm. to her dad at the very yeah. last quote, but like, that's not enough. Like, you need to fucking figure it out. And yeah. maybe it's not this episode, but that doesn't, that's still shittiest to me. That yeah. she hasn't moved on the path to figuring it out. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm disappointed that this is what we're doing with her so late in the game so late already now in the season like we're gonna be yeah. more than we're gonna be halfway very soon yeah. and i feel like 
what's the rest of the season hold for her? Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be wrapped up in this drama. I want to see her flourish and figure out what she wants to do and who she is and without yeah. a boy. Give her some proud ownership of herself. Right. Like let her be proud yeah, like proud of herself and yeah. happy with the way things are going and she's so just smart be confident. Too. Yeah. Like let's give her something. It's just such a downer. It is. You know it's yeah. not a downer it's though. Delicious. Is our lion yeah. booster. <laughs> oh. Booster of the week. You're a total booster. That was like a purr. I can't. I can't. Well, that wasn't. That was. That was like, like actually choking. But spoiler alert. I mean, obviously, how do I not give it to Will? Will. We got Will. Me? Yeah, you came from. Well, I got you came from. Us. But like, you literally are chatting to us the next day in the morning, right before a concert. Like, what? A, we're just very honored. Yeah, and so happy that you continue to send your special poems every week. Yes. And we so, just love uh, you. Part of, part of, I mean, it's weird to say, not to be all sentimental, but you too, and Inkrin for a little bit, and all the Patreons, uh, especially all the active ones, Vic, Mike, everyone, shout out. Shout um, out. That like, you guys have been part of my life and there's very few things, I think, in a world that's so rapidly changing and unstable where you can say like, Without being forced, I don't have to talk to you. I could go dark and never talk to you again. And you could go dark and never talk to me again. But we actively make the choice every day to stay in each other's lives. Uh, And that includes all the Patreons and everyone. And I think that that shows like just the spirit of human connection and love. And it's just great. I just love it. So I'm always in. I'm always in for it. So sweet. Yeah. Uh, 100% agree. Yeah. Everyone, the community is the best. The the best part of the I mean, that is, that's why we do it. Yep. Because Liz yeah. and I could podcast and talk about the shows, but if no one listened and no one participated and we didn't have a community of people, well, why? What would it be for? Yeah. What would it be for? Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Will. Thanks, Will. We appreciate you. So an emoji for this week, Liz and I came to the same light bulb moment at the same time, and we're <laughs> choosing the emoji. It's like the blue shadow that's yelling. Yeah. For like the okay. war cry. Yeah. So the war cry. <laughs> so, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So what you can- I like that one. Yeah. So what you can do- is you could drop that emoji in an Apple podcast review. We haven't had a line of the week since like the beginning of the season. Lame. Y'all, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review and rating us five stars. Drop that emoji. Just be like, this podcast rules. Yo, 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 yo. War cry. This is my war cry. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can send it in the DMs on Instagram. A bunch of you do do that. And also in the emails and on Patreon. And Discord, we yeah. appreciate you so much. Yeah. Shout them out. They do all the work. Shout them out. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> all right, Liz. I'm going to give you the title for next week. This is season five, episode seven, Perfect Record is the title. Okay. And the quote for you is, how you doing? Sorry I'm late. Hey, Coach Taylor. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tim Riggins. <laughs> I don't know why. It just seems like a Tim Riggins thing to say. Um, hey, how are you? Sorry I'm late. Okay. Well, coach is saying that to someone. Someone, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder who it could be. Who could it be? <laughs> <laughs> it could be anybody. Sure, big one, Liz. Just it pick anyone. It could be the. It could be a potential future job interview. Okay. It could be the school board at. The college that Julie is at. Okay. It yeah. could be to Tammy because he's late for dinner. Um, it could be a lot okay. of things. I'm going to go it, with it, my first it choice. Could be it could be the Gracie. Gracie Bell. Okay, I'll, I'm going to give you a little something. This is a very basic quote. I would not give this to you if it wasn't to... If he was just saying it's this out of all of the quotes in the episode, if he was just saying this to Tammy... I wouldn't sure give it, it to you. Would, right. So I feel mm. as though it's very important. Whoever he's apologizing for being a little late to, maybe it's an interview. Okay. I love That's it. That's all I'm going to say. I love where your head's at. <laughs> because like, what's next for Coach Taylor? We can't That's end true. the season with him while, yes, being the coach of the East Dillon Lions is mm-hmm. very honorable. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on, Liz. 
What's next for the kingmaker? The kingmaker. King right, you don't just give someone a title like that and then just like forget about it, you know? <laughs> What's next for the kingmaker? Yeah. Great prediction. Um, yeah. And while you told me Kennard is gone, I still feel like obviously Orn- Ornette. Mm-hmm. Is that her name? I was going to call her Ornel. That's not right. Um, <laughs> Ornel. Ornel is still going to, now that he's got his like teeth into that situation, he's going to be like, well, I like the power and I like controlling this and it's not mm. going to work out for him and Vince because Vince is going to be okay. so upset that this is how his life is going. Like, don't disappoint me again. You're disappointing me again. Great job. And yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys have talked about this, but there's like a, uh, a half racial dynamic of like coach Taylor mm. saving Van- and I don't think coach Taylor, I don't see coach Taylor as embodying like white savior. Yeah. But you can look at the dynamic of being like coach Taylor is white. He's helped Vince out. He's put him in a position. Yeah. He's acted as a surrogate mm. father. He's held a gun for him. He's got him out of the jail. Whereas his dad's coming back after five years and his dad's trying to exert influence. And I think, I can't even remember, so this isn't a spoiler. I I, I wonder if there'll be like some like racial esque tension. Mm, it's possible. Whereas with Smash, Smash had Corinna. So if Coach stepped up in Smash's life, there was still a balance to male female dynamic. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, but in this case, it's two males kind of vying for kind of the parentage of Vince in some way. And so I think that that's going to be more explosive. And it's going to be harder to figure out then when coach helps smash. Because Corinna was just like, your coach knows what's right. Stop being a dumbass. Right. Figure it out. Yeah. Whereas I think Orl is going to be like talking in his ear, trying to get him to do different things. And it's his right. But at the same time, I think coach has really helped him in a way that like is stable. Mm-hmm. And his dad's not stable. So hopefully they can find a way to figure that out. But I don't know. It's a drama. So I don't think they will so, so right. well. And yeah. I guess like we were talking earlier in the episode how Coach is putting so much of his time and effort into Vince as opposed to Luke, yeah. who in the beginning he was like, Luke, whatever you need, I'm here for you. And now mm. you can see his his time and patience and effort is going into the Vince. The priorities have shifted. His priority is Vince. And because Vince yeah. needs it more, yeah, I think that's yeah. why he has done that for him. Like while Luke, although Luke had a teen pregnancy, has taken absolutely pain pills and has hit an injury from his coach. So, uh, Luke's definitely not, uh, even though I love Luke and he's really kind of like an angel in the fourth of this season, he really is. He's definitely, he's a little dopey. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's a little dopey. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of learning to do. Yeah, he's very naive. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. which is you know, if, if he should be. At yeah. that age. Of course. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, yeah. we do have Will's football poetry corner, which I hope you're going to read. <laughs> I have it. I'll read it. All right. Will's football poetry corner. Collision. A collision on the football field pits two people who are moving at full speed and trying to knock the other on their asses with a great tackle against each other. Julie is colliding with life right now as she finds out that she's in a worse place than she thought coming out of high school. Luke pits himself against Vince out of jealousy for the TMU bait and switch that they pulled on his visit, while Vince is pursued by his old running mate for the $5,000 he borrowed, only for his dad to knock Kennard on his ass mm. once and for all. Nice! Woo-hoo! Yay! We got one live! Aww. Thank you so much, yep. Will. We appreciate you so much. You're so great. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everyone, for submitting your questions and your comments. Keep them coming. We only have really not that many episodes left of season five and this series. So keep that in mind if you're hesitating. Are you guys going to do like some best of episodes and special episodes like that towards the end? Because I think you guys have some time. Yeah, we're probably only going to do the movie. Yeah, we have some other summer programming stuff. Yeah. Ooh. Lined up. Well, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So we'll cover when this series ends in September, we'll come with the, uh, we'll cover the movie with Movie Friends Podcast, the movie podcast that I do with my friend Seth. And Sweet. that'll be a lot okay. of fun. Yeah. I can't wait because we little both have crossover. never seen that little yeah, crossover. A little crossover action. And then that's it for Little Talk in Texas Forever. Another one. Wow. Finished. Baby.
So I guess talking Texas for a year and a half. <laughs> there you go. Wow, is that it? <laughs> no, it's been no, longer it's than been that. We started in 2021. Yeah. Okay, yeah. two years. Talk. Yeah. Talking Texas, two years. Two years. There you go. Talking Texas. <laughs> the terrible two talking. I'll work on it. You'll work on it. We'll work on it. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you again, Will. Thank you, Will. Thank you. We so appreciate you. Come back next week when we're talking perfect record. Love you guys. Texas forever. Thank you so much for listening to Talking Texas Forever, a Friday Night Lights podcast. You can email us at talkingtexasforever at gmail.com. If you're interested in seeing what we do with this show and all of our others, head over to Instagram and search Total Betty Podcast Network. This has been a Total Betty Podcast, produced and edited by Michelle Rubenstein and Alyssa Tenio. Music by Anthony Vacora. Hold up. 